All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We're on episode 41. I believe I said that correctly. Um, I did check and then we were at 40 last week. So we're on 41. I can't believe we've been here for 41 weeks in a row. Uh, we've missed a couple, but it is what it is. <clears throat> um, today, we have Sean Heron joining us from We Like Shooting and the Firearms Radio Network. So I'm going to ask him a ton of questions about that. Uh, as always, my co-host Malar is joining me. And uh, yeah, so this week, we're going to talk about Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, her doing what she wanted to do. Um, Malar has some medical questions for Sean, and we're going over um, the BNT GHM9. And I believe Malar had something in the product of the week category that had to do with his dangler off his chest rig or nutsack or something along those lines. So let's get in with the product of the week. Um, but thank you so much to Brownells for everything that you do. Uh, my product of the week is definitely brought to you guys by Brownells. Um, they were awesome enough to send it out. Um, I wouldn't necessarily know if we could call them a sponsor, but they do send us a lot of cool stuff for the show. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. So Malar, what is your product of the week? I mean, my product of the week is probably the D-ball because mine arrives tomorrow. Oh yeah. And okay. I, I am, I am, I can, I can't tell you how hype I am about that, especially after going out, uh, shooting when I was camping two weeks ago and shooting passively now to have the laser, it's going to be a whole nother ball game. It is very, cheat mode. Yeah. Cheat mode, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. It's been forever since I've got to do fun stuff with night vision. So enjoy it. Um, and then, uh, Sean, do you, what do you, what have you been messing around with this week? Uh, let's see this week. I've been messing around with the new Mantis Blackbeard X. Um, I've been mess, messing around with the secure it gun wall, which I'm installing behind me. You can see, I've got like the first panel up on is that a high point you put up on there already. It is. It is a high, <laughs> is a compensated high point C9. Okay. Uh, thank you for noticing. All right. Um, no quality and, when I see it. <laughs> oh, and the, the PSA AK 47 GF three, uh, uh, my review will be out Monday for that. Um, can you, are you a, are you like a diehard AK guy, Sean? I am not, I am a diehard gun guy and I, I try to love all guns, um, except for some, but, uh, no, I, I do like AKs, but I would say if I had to pick one to only use for the rest of my life, it would be an AR cause I'm more familiar with it, but okay. I do like AKs. So my question to you is, um, do you know about the lugs, uh, the recoil lugs for the AKs and how those have been kind of an issue with a lot of PSAs, AKs in the past? You mean like the, the trunnion or the recoil? Lug? I'm sorry, the trunnion. My bad. I, I know enough about AKs to be stupid. So no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I know a bit about that. And it's not just not not just PSA. It's a lot of different ones. And that's what makes the PSA K47 GF, GF3 kind of unique is the fact that a it's a u.s company it's a u.s made ak and the bolt the carrier and the um the bolt carrier and the front trunnion are all hammer forged steel uh which oh, okay makes, so they're yeah they're so they're, they're, they're good to go uh if you don't trust me ak operators union has just beat the shit out of his gf3 and uh has given it uh, very very high marks on some of their testing as well so it uh, looks like they've got those issues fixed. I've got 800 rounds or so through mine, maybe about a thousand now, but 800 at filming. And it's held up really, really well. Um, I've got a few other AKs that didn't hold up as well. So I think that they've got kind of a winner on their hands and starting at about 599 and moving up through 849 for the model I have. And then you can go all the way up to a thousand for some of those as well. I think Wait, that it's this, even the 599 one comes with cold hammer forged steel. Yes, the GF3 comes with the, the cold, and I don't know if it's cold hammer forge, but it is hammer forge steel, uh, trunnion, bolt, and carrier, and also a 4150 
gas nitrided barrel as well. So you got uh, a barrel that's built to be anti-corrosive and uh, just to be abused, honestly. Uh, and it's 7.62, probably a stupid question, but I- 7.62 by 3.9, they've also got nine millimeters in the GF3 and I think oh, wow. some other stuff as well. Pretty sure they have a 5.45 variant also. I think so. I was just not going to say it because I wasn't positive. I, I, I think they do, but I, again, I, so, uh, I, I don't know, but I will actually probably be selling something very soon to just go buy one of those because I want to run an AK um, and I'm just, you know, short of a gym fuller or um, an arsenal. I just, I don't have the money for either of those. So if <laughs> I can go do a hillbilly AR or something like that, and that's no shade at Palmetto at all. Um, yeah. You you're doing very well, apparently. Um, I will say I'm still afraid of your ARs, but I would take a Palmetto State Armory AR over a Bear Creek Arsenal, uh, and I'll I'll just state that right up front. <clears throat> uh, if, if you if you grab a uh, AK, I will buy you a ski mask for Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need a ski mask. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> I'll just put pantyhose on my head. <laughs> <laughs> that that works too. But, I, but I, I want to see that on Instagram. I can't I can't slob squat because I have a really bad knee. So like if I slob squat, my knee is going to going to break. Like <laughs> you know, there's a uh, is it uh, they have a challenge right now, I think, on Instagram for that to slob squat. Oh, I thought the, the latest challenge was brass in the air or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. All no, there's, there's some contests going on right now for that. Cause uh, Christian Gress reached out yesterday and he's, he's got one in the works. I don't think I can give a spoiler. I need to get in on that. Yeah, I know. Right. <clears throat> My knee will break, but let's do it. <clears throat> so uh, product of the week for me is definitely going, I'm talking, I'm just going to talk right out my ass because I haven't got to shoot this yet. Uh, but I am definitely going to, to do all over my, my brand new firearm I have here. So I have the BNT GHM nine generation two. Um, I've been wanting this gun for four years, I think three or four years. I, I know when it first came out with the, they came out with the KH nine and I wanted that, but they only made 400 of the KH nines. Um, which was uh, a rip on the, it was a Beretta, and I can't remember, it was an 80s submachine gun. It's been in a bunch of movies. Um, it was in Die Hard, I believe it was in Broken Arrow, and a couple other ones, and it's just been a, it's been a dream gun of mine. The closest that I could get at uh, uh, coming to cost would definitely be the GHM9, which looks like almost the Beretta um, that it, that's ripping off, but it's fantastic. I absolutely love um 80 submachine guns like Uzis, mini Uzis, uh, anything to do. I want a Tech 9 like so bad, but you can't find any of the good ones. Um, any, uh, just any 80 submachine gun, I'm totally cool with. And this is the closest I can get for now. Uh, I have a brace arriving in a couple of days for this, but I've already looked up how to form one it. And that's going to be something that's going to happen very soon. Uh, E-file a form run. And uh, I have a primary arms optic that's like $80 and I'm actually kind of pissed because I feel like it has better glass than my aim point. <laughs> you got and, the uh, three lug on there? Yeah, uh, yeah, so it has a three lug and it has a half by 28. So you can do a half by 28 can or you can do a three lug. Uh, my buddy, Mike, who has his SOT, uh, he has a, a half by 28 can we're gonna test on here. I believe it is a, a wit machine. I can't remember what he, what he called it, but I mean, uh, I have, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I took this thing apart yesterday just to, just to mess with it. And I have, I don't, a trajectory arms built me a rifle, uh, built me an upper that I would say is, is top notch. And the Swiss have made one um, even better than trajectory arms could make. 
Um, so I, I no no knock on you, Alex, at all at Trajectory Arms, but this um, uh, this definitely has some machining quality that I'm I'm just gonna say is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, if you're in the market for a GHM9, you can go pick one of these up at Brownells. The MSRP is, I believe, uh, 16 something. You can go pick these up for 15.99 at Brownells, and you can actually use a coupon code. Um, now I don't know what the coupon code is, but I know that Sean has one for We Like Shooting, and it's WLS10. So you can go, <laughs> so you can you can go use that. And I believe um, I didn't use your code. I used somebody else's code to buy this um, through wow. Brownells. Wow. But he it's only because he was in the hurricane uh, and I used code triggered um, and it's because he was in the hurricane in Florida and his house got all jacked up. So I wanted to get him some kickbacks for for me purchasing this. So I, I mean, he's him. already homeless. Like I, I have a home. Maybe I just need to for it. <laughs> you know what? If you get hit by a hurricane, I'll make sure to do that. <laughs> but, um, but hey, have you mentioned the, the tech nine? Have you seen the Sol Invictus Arms tack nine? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Most people haven't seen it. Uh, it should be up on the screen now, is it? Um, yes, we are an audio-only podcast. Um, oh, it says well, that you're... Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to buy that. So the Saw Invictus Arms TAC-9 looks oh, wow. almost identical. Looks like it uses an AR-style lower receiver because it, it has an A2 pistol grip. It takes uh, Glock mags. Uses Glock mags. Mm. How Hell much was yeah. it? What was the MSRP on that? Uh, yeah. I don't remember. It's a piece of shit. Don't buy it. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, you had me excited for a second. <laughs> no, actually, so uh, one of my buddies, he absolutely loves them. And I've just had a couple of problems with mine, but like overall, it's a pretty cool gun. And I'm really, I, I'm glad I have it. It's, it's very cool. When you held up your, your, um, BNT. BNT. Thank you. I don't even have that in my lexicon. When you held that up, I was like, oh, sh that looks a lot like my TAC 9. Yeah, so that's kind of what what he designed that to be. He designed it to kind of be like an amalgamation of 80 submachine guns. Um, and I, I can't hit Bruger of uh, B&T. Uh, it's Bruger and Thomet or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's the guy who does a lot of the designing there. He loves a lot of that stuff. And oh, look at that AK. That's the um, AK that I was talking about. Oh, it's even got that red, that that ugly red AK furniture. Oh, yeah. Uh, redwood with the cheese grater homie i was about to say that the redwood yeah that's hot that's hot i do uh, like the uh clear mag too uh u.s palm clear mag the uh1 amg optic with the the micro six like magnifier and the midwest industry site side mount rail it's, here are a lot of good things on those uh1s okay so i had a question about the ak does that do all of them come with the side rail no, well, well, they come with the side rail mount, and then you have to buy the side rail. And which, yes, the mount. Yes, I'm sorry. Honestly, I would think it would be easier to throw the ring into Mount Doom than find one of these side rail mounts. Uh, I literally found three in stock, got all three of them because I've been looking for about a year. Oh wow! Okay, so Sean's buying up everything, everybody. <laughs> um, I bought the three I found. So, uh, Millar, go into your more more or less what your product was again. You wanted to talk about the dangler, correct? Uh, well, I was talking about the D-ball, but in, the, in regards to medical stuff, I wanted to ask Sean, um, chest seal size. Mm -hmm. What is the, which one is preferred to have the compact of the hyphen or the regular sized? And I'm asking that because I, I have both and I'm trying to make sure that what I have in my Spiritus Dangler would be my uh, preferred size. Well, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn the question around to you, right? Like what, what are we trying to do with the chest seal? Seal holes, seal holes. Right. And I, 
I would say that penetrating trauma to the chest, right? That the, to kind of close off that pleural space. So we don't suffer from attention pneumothorax is the goal. So ultimately, as long as it will cover whatever holes you have, I think you're fine. Now, personally, I carry compact hyphens because I want to carry less stuff with me, not more, uh, in my big kit, I've got some bigger ones, but ultimately like you can use a gloved hand, a Walmart bag, like what, whatever it is that, that you have. So for me, it's always the trade-off of how heavy is it? How big is it? How easily can I carry it? And I think the compact stuff is just fine because again, penetrating trauma, that's what we're covering. Okay. Yeah. And that was, uh, originally I had the full size one crammed in this bag and it, fit but it was like tight and then when i got the compact i was like okay this fits better so exactly what what you were saying like whichever one's lighter and fits uh and that that covers it and i just put the big one in my um my my range bag that i have another ifac in so i'm i have it on both ends on me and then also in my bag i have the bigger one so yeah, totally. I think, I think that's the win right there. And, and again, you can fold them, you can do whatever you want with them. They're super, super durable and uh, they'll, they'll spring back. Sweet. So that's, that's interesting. Um, so I had a quick question. Uh, Brownell sent us the chest seals for the IFAC that you guys um, sent out. Now it came with what I can only assume is two separate packages. Correct. Like they're, but they're connected. So in each one of those packages, only one chest seal. Correct. That is a pair of chest seals. Oh, so you have to you have to have you have to buy that pair. Uh, yes. Most of them sell in twos, and the reason is because entry and exit exit wounds. Okay, so they don't put two chest seals in one package; they put them in two individual packages. Correct. I think that's so. If you just need one, so if you just have an entrance and you yep. don't want to use the back, you still have a useful chest seal uh, that you can save. Yeah, yeah. it's been. Oh, so by the way, remember how I told you that there was, uh, there was that guy, uh, when I was, when I was in Afghanistan, he had, uh, they were talking about a guy that had like nine tourniquets put on him. Turns out nine was a very over-exaggeration. It was three tourniquets. Um, and they had stacked them on top of each other. I'd actually talked to one of my buddies who saw that happening. Um, and it was because, uh, he had some stuff that was jammed in his pocket that was allowing blood flow to go through. Cause they, he literally, he stepped on an IED and it, he lost his leg below his knee. Um, and they were trying to stop the blood, but he had stuff in his pocket and his pants were like, not working i guess i have no idea but that's what he said he said there were three a total of three tourniquets that were put on um and they just didn't take the other ones off he's like only he's like one of them worked they just kept going up higher so when you were talking about that in the class i believe i brought that up but um i just wanted to make sure that i'm not that dumb (laughs) correcting the record i think that's important no yeah and that's the thing like sometimes it won't include blood flow and you need to if you, if you cannot twist that windlass anymore, then you need to like move to the next one and, and place another one. That's why I carry more than one tourniquet with me at all times. Cause uh, I mean, shit, we don't know. We may have to uh, put two of them together and do a really big leg or something. We don't know. So yeah. Yeah. Well there, I know there was an issue for a long time. Um, uh, not a long time, but I know there was an issue where the army got a bunch of tourniquets in that did not work correctly. And they were snapping windlasses. Like um, I do remember that being like a really big thing. Um, and they, and they were like, you have to turn in your tourniquets and get new ones. Um, and those were all on our personal IFACs. And then they were giving out more than one, like they were giving us four or five because of that issue. Um, and I think that's kind of when a lot of, cause this was back in 2010. Um, so that was when a lot of stuff was dying down in Afghanistan. Like we weren't, 
we were not in heavy fighting like whatsoever. So um, that was really interesting uh, to see that they were, they were so worried about our medical equipment then. Like I could only imagine, cause two years before that we were in a lot of heavy fighting in the mountains of Afghanistan. Um, cause I remember in 2007 and 2008, um, I remember a lot of my friends that had gone off to war did not come back with all of their limbs. So I remember, <laughs> I remember that being pretty heavily influenced and a lot of guys took that, I think. And that's why they carry multiple tourniquets now. Yeah. You know, uh, TCCC was kind of introduced in 96, I think. And then it, it kind of perpetuated its way through the early 2000s until now it's, it is what it is. It's what they teach pretty much. Yeah, because I went through boot camp in 2007, and uh, they were teaching, like, we had to actually test for, it was called Combat Lifesaver, and at the time, they were teaching us how to do um, IVs, like, you had to test out and do an IV, you had to give an IV, and you had to, you had to get one, Um, and I remember that was a big thing, and then not even two years later, it was, you don't give IVs at all, no matter what, ever, like, and I was like, why are you changing this? Like, you can't do this. And then, you know, you, you take more medical classes and you figure out, you know, Hey, you're not the smartest guy in the universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was, that was interesting to me. Yeah. I'm sure there was some battlefield, uh, trauma induced by people trying to do IVs that couldn't do them well. And they're like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I know that it. Uh, I know that it messes with blood pressure when they introduce when they induce um, IVs into people with open wounds that are really big. And I have no idea what that means or or any of that. I just remember that they were saying like, "Do not do this. This is the reason why. It's because you're going to kill your friends." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's not do that anymore." <laughs> yeah, let's <clears> not <throat> do that. Probably the same with needle thoracostomies. What is that? It's needle decompression. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Where they go between the second and third rib. Except now, now we've moved to the side of the chest wall between the fourth and fifth, I believe. I haven't looked that up. Are you kidding me? Man, it's been so so long since I've done some of this stuff. (laughs) Like that, that's still a good location between the second and third uh, outside the mid clavicular line. But like the problem is people were moving like inside that nipple line. And yeah, they were saying you have to make sure you stay on the outside of the nipple. Yeah, any, but even then, like my nipples are probably different than your nipples. I do super uncomfortable with this conversation, but it's <laughs> my nipples are probably Don't different even, too. You talk <laughs> about the SSB all the time on your show. <laughs> Big and chocolatey. <laughs> um, but I think, I think when it comes to that, I think the army was using like a generalization, like stay on the outside of the nipple because everything out of there should be okay. Uh, now, some people you're right. I think women, their nipples, if they have big boobs, are probably on the side of their chest, you know, yeah. so we have no idea. It's just, yeah, that's why, that's why we really work hard to find out uh, exactly to locate and palpate the correct area. Um, so go ahead, Malar, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to uh, ask Sean, like, what got him into medical? Because I think he gave us a brief... Um, brief summary when we took the class for those that uh, I guess haven't listened to a couple podcasts ago when we were in Iowa uh, Sean actually administered our medical course Um, so I was just curious if you could give us a a kind of an overview of what you got you into um, medical yeah the honestly it was just um, when I first started doing we like shooting I kind of came up with a list because, well, what got me into guns actually was I came up 
I was doing some camping and uh, a bear or some other animal was kind of foraging around outside my tent. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I would like a way to, to actually defend myself if that happens. And it was, so I got into guns and then I made a list and I was like, I, I don't want to do better. I want to learn shooting. I want to learn um, survival. I want to learn fighting. I want to learn medical. And it was just one of those things on my list. And I was able to take some like amazing training uh, through a DOD contractor uh, like a full week class. And and that just got me really pumped on it and interested in it. And then I took a bunch of other classes and one of my, one of my buddies at the time was kind of, he's like, well, you know, if you're so into this, you should teach classes. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I've got enough going on. And then I was like, ah, maybe, maybe I should, because I, I couldn't find training locally. And a lot of other people would constantly ask me like, where should we get trained? And I was like, I don't know. So I came up with a class and uh, got a bunch of certifications in, in that stuff as well. And, and I've taught that class to thousands of people now. So can I ask you, how much do you hate CQB? Close quarter battle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. It's fine. Okay. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> my thing is, I here's my issue with CQB. I see a lot of people who use it and go, I am the shit. Like I, I took two classes and now I'm, I am John Lovell. Um, and, and that's a thing I, I, I want people to understand. The reason why I severely dislike CQB is specifically because it's an ever evolving landscape and I, it's like medical, like you'll never know everything. Um, you can know enough to get by, but you know, my, and I think, I think this is, I asked this question because Malara knows how much I can't stand it when people talk about how good they are at CQB. Um, I, I specifically remember playing that game for real and hating every second of it. So when people talk about it now, I'm like, no, like you don't know what you're talking about. And, that, and, and to me, it's, and it's not like I'm trying to gatekeep. Like I want people to take CQB classes and do stuff like that, but it's, it's, uh, it's more of, I don't think people understand what happens and how quick that stuff happens. I was going to say, uh, Make sure if you're taking a CQB class to also take a medical course with that. You're going to need medical. <laughs> I mean, you should take all the classes, right? You should constantly be improving who you are. But the problem, and one that I notice more, I think, in the gun culture than any other is Dunning-Kruger. It's, uh, are you guys familiar with Dunning-Kruger? Uh, negative, but please explain. So rings a bell. It's a cognitive bias, basically, where a person's lack of knowledge and skill uh, causes them to overestimate their own competence at a thing. So Dunning-Kruger will, will go kind of like you'll, you'll start at, at zero where everyone else does. And then as the graph moves to the right, uh, you learn a couple things. And then because you now know a couple things and you probably know those things well, you think that you're the expert, the be all end all expert. And it, it's, it gets worse and worse the more you learn. So like you get an NRA basic pistol instructor qualification and suddenly you think you're John Wick. And that's just not really how it works. And then eventually as you move the, the toward, towards the apex of that graph of that Dunning-Kruger uh, line, you fall off to the other side of that where you have a bunch more knowledge as you've moved right on the graph, but you feel like you know nothing. And I think that that's kind of where most of us should probably try to live where you feel like you're always a student, you could always learn more. You don't really know anything because there's just so much to learn. But 
I always see it, especially in people who just get started and thing and take like take one concealed carry class. And they're like, man, I know the four rules. I can recite the four rules by rote. I know it. I can do it. It's easy. It's easy for me. And therefore I'm this expert. And it's the same thing. You take one CQB class from one instructor and your, your estimation of your competence is super high, even though your, your knowledge and skills are very, very, very low. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I see a lot of, with a lot of guys. So yeah, I'm glad I know that now. That's another yeah. thing I can add, but this is, that's something I see with a lot of people who take like an intro to CQB. Like, Look at all this stuff. Cause I remember, I specifically remember training to the point of exhaustion and being told by people who, who did that before me, you don't know shit about what we're doing here. And like, seeing it now, like I, I, I see a lot where people did just get that minimal amount of training and they're like, look at how great I am. And I'm like, you don't know a fucking thing about how to play this game for keeps. And that's the thing. It's like, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to take that bias out of there, especially in something that I watched my friends die doing. So that was a, that was another big thing for me is I think that's why it's so hard for me to let go of that. And honestly, like, I mean, even, uh, honestly, and I'm not calling you out or anything, but even that is a little bit done in Kruger, right? Like you have this very specific experience, which in your mind makes you this expert in this one specific thing. And that, that is also the thing, like the thing, the thing that I really try to push more than anything is like, we all need to constantly be growing, like growing in one skill or another and, and kind of getting that right. Because, because you are the expert in that one thing that you experienced that, doesn't make expertise in all different areas and it frustrates you. And I totally 100% agree. It's like, it is a very frustrating thing and we all suffer from it. Like I can, unfortunately doing, we like shooting for a decade. Now I can literally trace my Dunning Kruger curve throughout the years. And it's embarrassing when I look back and you know, That's now, the thing. now I'm like, I don't know. Can I cuss on the show? No, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm like the chick from Ozarks. I'm like, I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> exactly well that's how i feel about cqb is is i don't know a fuck all about it yeah and i and i've had to do it so i don't like i don't want other people doing that and i'm and i'm in that like in in all seriousness it's the same thing with medical like i feel like i don't know a fucking thing about medical and i've I, you know who the fuck am i like i am nobody in that in that realm so I guess that was my thing is, is that was my question to you about that, but I did want to move on. Um, and I was going to ask on. another question. I was so ask your question. Uh, so, so as far as advancing kind of looping back to you, you brought this up furthering education and finding somewhere that's good. How, how do you suggest looking into that? Do you suggest looking at reviews? Like I, I've been looking around me and I'm trying to figure out that next course to take to advance my knowledge on medical. I also really want to do a carbine course. I have not done a, a carbine course. Um, I'm pretty open. I build more, like I build a shit ton and I have a lot to learn in the shooting aspect. Um, and, and that's, I mean, literally when we went into COVID, that was my plan for that year was like, I want to get out there. I want to do carbine course. I want to learn. And then we hit COVID and that shit kind of didn't happen. I did wind up taking the SOTAR armors course. I got that knocked out that, that year, but. Which, which uh, is awesome, right? Like building skills is, is always what I say. And to find courses, no matter what it is, I'd say that the key to that is, yeah, reading some reviews, but understanding that Dunning-Kruger is very heavy in this culture. So even those reviews, they're like, oh, 
there's this local instructor, just absolute dog shit and all five-star reviews. And I'm like, that's great. It's because they're brand new people who don't know anything. And they're going to learn from somebody who knows just a speck more than they do, but speaks with authority. And he's probably giving them like a $50 discount. If you give me a five-star review, I give you $50 off. Could be. And, and so you got to be like real careful about that stuff because the people who are leaving reviews for like kind of brand new instructors are, are people who literally could barely hold a gun when they walked into that class. So on that scale, they've like moved quite a bit up in their knowledge. Uh, but the thing is they don't know what they don't know at that point. So I would say that, um, you know, there's a podcast called the after action project on the firearms radio network. And their whole mission is to talk to instructors, but also their students after students go through a class. And to me, that's like a very unique and very interesting, uh, viewpoint is to hear not just from the instructor, but also a student who just went through their class and kind of figure out somewhere in the middle there. So I think that's interesting. And honestly, just like there's a lot of culture that goes on a lot of stuff on Instagram, Google searches, and then kind of just look them up. Now, when you look them up, look at their videos, look at their pictures, look at their kind of the tenants of oh, their, it was called what again, I have, uh, what was it? What was their podcast called again? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, After action project. And so I would say that to go look at at all the content that they put out. And if something seems odd to you, something seems off, it probably is. So like be very cautious in who you give your money to, but also at the same time, you could probably learn something from every single class that you go to, no matter if, if you know more than them, no matter if they know more than you, you could probably take something away from it at all, at all different times. And I'd say that if you want to do medical stuff, like start with the American Red Cross, do wildlife medical, do uh, CPR, AED, heart saver, all those things, because that's all just going to build and build and build on that knowledge block that you're trying to get. And while you'll never be like, you know, trauma surgeon ER guy, uh, at, the, at the same time, you can learn a whole lot about it in a very little amount of time for a very little amount of money. And I just say, just keep building onto it always and forever. I used to have a, a friend that was a training counselor for NRA classes, and he had me help with a class once. And at the end of the class, you know, he's like, you guys are out there, you're instructors. And he's all, Sean, do you want to say anything? And I was like, do you want me to say something? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you're going to regret this, but uh, so I stood up in front of that class and I said, this is your starting point. You're now basically just, you're, you're base, you're a toddler. Uh, you still know nothing. You shouldn't be out there teaching classes. You should go volunteer, volunteer to help other good instructors and learn as much as you possibly can for like the next five years. And maybe someday, if you keep, if you keep trying, keep practicing, keep learning, keep growing your skill set, maybe someday you'll be a good instructor, but you're not one today and you're not going to be one tomorrow, but you need to go bust your ass to work towards it because today was the first step. And if you don't go further, you wasted your time, your money, and you could have just done something like play video games and probably had more fun. You did have a question about that. Yeah. The, uh, the instructor portion of like finding instructors to, to work with. Um, now my, my buddy, Mike, he's a really, really good instructor. Um, he's always learning, always evolving, taking pistol classes, doing everything he can. And, um, I work with him a lot on certain things and I, I bounce ideas off with him because we have a rifle course that we're hoping to accomplish here pretty soon. And um, the, the thing is, though, is before him, almost every single instructor I've ever run into never wanted someone to be there with them. And I don't know if it was like, oh, no, you're not good enough. Or if it was like, no, I'm, I'm not good enough. Like I, as an instructor, I'm not good enough for you to learn from. So my question is, is how do you how would you find those instructors that to help 
like to help you help you get off the ground. It's, it's, that's a terrible way to say that, but I'm no, just going to no, stick I with that. I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just got really lucky, but it seems to me like here, at least there was always people that were kind of looking for help, looking for people who would give them some assistance. And you may like, I've volunteered for years and to, to be a hundred percent clear, like I've, I've had a really good, um, I don't want to say career. I've had a really good run doing pistol instruction and stuff. Um, I was able to train thousands of students with a place that I volunteered at where I got my instructor certification. Uh, I spent a year teaching uh, military police at the 759th battalion out of Fort Carson. Um, I've got a ton. How did you accomplish that? (laughs) It's such, it's actually not a long story. Uh, So the place where I got my certification, I was a volunteer instructor with them for a year, maybe. uh, And literally just volunteering so much of my time and uh, about a year into it well I guess I was two years into it by that point because I had I had associate instructed for a year then assistant instructed for a year and then the MP battalion here basically switched from army to air force qualification standards and had a zero percent pass rate so the commander of that battalion uh, was a was a customer at the gun store where where I was also an instructor and he came in and was talking to the owner of the gun store, who, in my opinion, is one of the finest instructors that I've ever had the privilege of sharing a room with, but also one of the biggest FUDs that's ever lived on the face of the earth, uh, but just really a good fundamental pistol instructor. So he came in and he was complaining about the qualifications and everything. And, and the guy, the Paul Paradise is his name here in Colorado Springs. He's like, well, let us come in. Let us come in. I'll, I'll bring a group of instructors and and the commander was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll get, you come in, you do one class and we'll see what the pass rate is. So he picked five instructors. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in that, in that five. And we trained, uh, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 of MPs for an entire day. At the end of the day, we had a 100% pass rate and 80 or 90% passed as uh, expert. So we did that for the following year training uh, every MP in that entire battalion, as well as their instructors, our, our methods. And, and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I had like a letter from the commander, let me carry on base. And uh, I've got a certificate certificate framed in my office, like, you know, uh, from the commander, just thanking us for what we did. It's pretty awesome. It was, it was a fun thing and gave me a ton of experience. I remember, um, the army changing standards for a bunch of things and in it screwing up a lot of training. So I could only imagine, I only imagine the shit show that that caused. It was, it was pretty cool and a really good experience, but even training thousands of people in concealed carry and training military police for a whole year. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm an adequate instructor, but I don't go out and teach pistol because I'm like on the other side of Dunning-Kruger where I'm like, I know nothing. So you mentioned the instructors that maybe don't want people. They may either be on the left side of that, that curve where they are embarrassed about what they know, or they're on the other side where they're like, yeah, I don't know shit about shit about fuck. So yeah, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's it's just going to be one or the other. And, you know, if you can figure out a way to like work with them, like go take their class and then after the class, be like, hey, man, if you ever need any help, I've got this, this, and this. I don't know anything, but I want to learn. I'm not trying to steal business from you or anything. I just, I really want to like apply my, apply this trade and be as good as I can possibly be. And I'll help you out a few times for free and, and, you know, see where it goes. Okay. 
Um, I had I had one other question just in general for you, uh, because I've been a longtime listener of your podcast, and uh, I know that you acquired, not recently, but I know that you acquired the Firearms Radio Network um, from the gentleman who owned it previously. Uh, so my question was, is what was that road like? And was that a road you ever thought you'd go down in acquiring the entire Firearms Radio Network? No, I have this, uh, this recurring theme in my life where people ask me to do something and then I say, hell no, I don't want to do that. And then I think about it for a minute and then I'm kind of a control freak. So I'm like, oh, I better do that. Cause if anyone tries to boss me around, I'm gonna lose my shit. And this followed that trend perfectly. Uh, we started on the firearms radio network. It was another situation where I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I oh, will, if we're going to do it, I'm, I'm the boss. And so after about four years, we became the number one, the number one downloaded show on the firearms radio network. And then about five years, he called me one day and he's like, I just, he had this other business and he was just like, I'm kind of done. I'm over it. Do you want it? Do you want to buy it? And I was like, fuck no, dude. No, I can't think of anything. I want less than that. And (laughs) we hung up the phone and I called him literally like five minutes later. I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll take it because I thought, you know, what if somebody comes in and they try to like change what I do or what the other hosts of the shows do and they like make it shitty. And and I could have, I could have changed that. So I said, yes. And he, he turned it over and it was just a goddamn disaster. And I've spent like the last five years improving it. And I would say that I've accomplished a lot of the goals that I set out to do. It's easier to post the quality's better. I've added more shows. I just, uh, I've really dug in and tried to try to improve things. And yeah, uh, I'm going to say I go down a rabbit hole every week of new shows to listen to on the firearms radio network. And it's, uh, and it's really like a weird thing because um, about two years ago, I made my YouTube channel. And about a year after I made my YouTube channel, I literally just quit watching a ton of gun content. Like I follow the highlights and I try not to like go down the deep ends of like certain things. Um, I will watch reviews on certain stuff just so that way I get like, uh, I, I know what I'm getting into if I'm going to go buy that thing or if I'm going to go review that for myself. I want to know what some common issues are and if I have those. Um, but other than that, I like I almost, I, I tend to stay out of it. I watch a lot of like random things like how to network better and how to do that. Like I'm, a lot of PC rebuilding stuff. So it's really weird uh, going down the rabbit hole every week of different shows to listen to in the podcasting thing. And I'm almost afraid that of now being a podcaster with my co-host of being like, Oh, I never want to listen to anybody in the gun community because that's what we talk about all the time here is, is so much gun stuff. And we talk about random news things. Um, so I guess that was my question is, I was like, do you find yourself not listening to other things because you're in the gun community or is it just because you're so damn busy? No. I, um, I, I do listen to some content. I wouldn't say that I've ever listened to a bunch of gun podcasts, but I do occasionally tune in uh, just to like, you know, make sure that things are going well and to see if there's anything that I can help with. And just because some of them I like really enjoy, uh, I go through phases. So sometimes I'll listen to a lot of gun podcasts and other times I won't listen to a gun podcast or, or even consume any other video content for like six months. So I would say I go through phases, um, but here's the cool thing. Here's the great thing 
about podcasting is it's just talking, right? It's just like mm-hmm. people talking and the person who's listening, they've got headphones on like we do. So we're kind of like right in their ear. It's like this really intimate delivery mechanism where we all feel like we all feel like we're friends, uh, even though we've never met. And that's true. This is very true. It is. It, it's 100% true. And where was I going with this? Uh, I do that too. Don't worry. Yeah. I think you're going with the connection that's built through podcasts and yeah. it's uploaded so people can catch up on yeah, where, I, where, where people are in their lives. Or <laughs> 100%. So like, sometimes it's just like catching up with friends and there's so many different angles to attack things with. Right. So there is probably a gun that I absolutely love and you've had a completely different experience in it, with it. And Malar has had a completely different experience with it. And like, we all have these different viewpoints. And I think that's one of the greatest things about guns and firearms. And also one of the things that divides us the most, but in my opinion, that thing that divides so many people should be bringing us all together because we can all learn so much from just listening to these altering different viewpoints and never get bored with it. Someone asked me about two years into the podcast, are you ever worried that you're going to run out of things to talk about? No. And I was like, I was like, man, that's a, that's a really good question. I don't know if, uh, if I ever go back and listen to a show and I don't laugh and I don't find it interesting, I'll stop doing it. And in 10 years now, we're going into our 10th year. We've never run out of anything to talk about. In fact, we can't talk about everything that goes on. We can't talk about all the new products that, that we see. We can't talk about all the new political things that are going on. And it's always this just well of great discussion things. And I just, I think that's amazing. And we're so lucky to be living in the time that we live in and doing the thing that we do. That's another thing, you know, it's like, I, li- I listen to your podcast religiously every week because it's, it's what, it's what helps me. Like when I'm out there, I'm working on, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm looking at ATMs. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix things, but I've got my AirPod in. I'm making sure that no one's sneaking up behind me, trying to shoot me in the back of the head for a bunch of money. And I'm literally, I'm laughing my ass off and I'm working on machines all day long. And I love that. Like, that's, that was one of the things that, 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 I guess made me a, a, a big fan. Uh, also you guys hold nothing back. You have no issues doing any of that. And that's something that I strive for too, is I'm not going to hold back my feelings on a certain product to save anybody's feelings in the long run. Um, but that was the thing, you know, you, you were talking about it's so intimate because I remember when I first met you in person in Iowa, I was like, I was, I was almost scared. Cause I was like, I know, I don't know this guy I have, but I, I, he's talked so much about his life. I, I feel like I know him. And that was like the weird thing is, is, and then getting to meet you like, Oh man, I'm pretty sure you tell I was shit my pants back there. I was like, Oh my God, I'm with all these people who are big, heavy hitting, like big dick swinging names in the industry. And I, you know, a guy that meant virtually nothing to anybody is there. And I, I get to live like my dream for a day. So that was, that was one of the things that, that blew me away, but you, you on your podcast were no different than you were in real life. And you were like, you, you know, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is a pretty intimate thing. And then, and then to find out that you aren't that, cause I've met other people, not in the gun industry, but I've met other people that I would consider my heroes. And I'm like that saying really stuck, like, don't meet your heroes. That was a huge fear of mine. When I met you, I was like, Oh fuck, is he going to be an asshole? Like, and you weren't, I mean, you know, well, I, I'm 99% sure that you were like, I can't believe that I'm here, like sitting next to you. And I was like, bro, I, don't even like, I'm a fucking retard. Don't even like, I, I remember this moment. Yeah, I remember I'm like, this I moment. Sure I said I was a <laughs> don't worry about it. 
No, yeah, that was that was a great trip. I really uh, I enjoyed it. I, a huge thank you again to Brownells, and uh, I mean it, it was great meeting you in person. Uh, I mean Hoodlum and Sean, uh, and then I mean KD and and Cole. Those I mean you guys with those classes, it was awesome, and I, I really enjoyed all of them. That was I mean the medical thing has been on my list for a while, so I, that was I was super super stoked that. Uh, that we were able to do that with you at Brownells. And I'm honestly a little nervous. And part of the reason I was asking the class question is uh, if I find somewhere locally, are they going to meet the standard that you set? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'll be way better. Uh, but the cool thing is, is you can, I, I, I go by this all the time. I've trained at a ton of different places, both medical and firearms and every aspect you could possibly imagine. And the cool thing is, is I can always find something to take out of that class, whether like, I don't have to, I don't have to walk into a class and just accept everything that they tell me as gospel and like live the rest of my life by that. I can go into a class and be like, based on the things that I personally know, I think that that is a really good, good point and a great topic and a great idea and something that I'll absolutely work towards. And then there's also some things that I can go to and be like, you know, that I don't think I, I'm not sure I a hundred percent agree with that. I don't say that in the class. I just keep it. And then I take what I can use and I discard the things that I can't use. And I, I just think that's a great way to go about things is even if, uh, if the class is better than mine, that's awesome. Like share with me how I could be better. That would be great. And if it's worse than mine, like take the things that you can. And if nothing else, you get to take that practice and it'll just be great. That's, that's very true words have never been spoken. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, yeah, I was browsing the other day, really like trying to find like that, that next class for me. And like I said, it, the two I've mainly been focusing on are, are keeping the medical thing going, but then also that carbine piece that, uh, you know, back during COVID never happened. And I still have, there's done. one in Texas <laughs> coming up here pretty soon. We can, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe once I get this Pelican case, I keep buying. <laughs> or just borrow my gun. You know, uh, and then going back to what you were saying of, about like I, meeting me, which seriously is no great prize. It's uh, the, the best, vi- the best, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes, I should say, is that relatability leads to success, but success kills relatability. And even though we've grown, uh, like our brand and, and we like shooting has grown and we get to do things that I never thought I'd be able to do. Like if I'm not an everyday person, like I've told my close friends, my circle, I'm like, punch me in the fucking mouth. If I ever like act like I'm something more than I am. Because that was, a, that was the thing though, is I've heard you say that before. And I, and then, and then seeing that in, and, and you walking the walk, that you've talked about this whole time was, was very, uh, I, that was very eye-opening to me and cool. Like, I don't know how else to say that, but no, you, you, uh, I remember at NRA, I was a complete fucking weirdo. Cause I, I legitimately was just, I was so scared to meet everybody there. Uh, <clears throat> um, but I, uh, I remember meeting, meeting you and uh, good Lord, Nick, Jeremy. Uh, I think there were the only two other ones there, right? Yeah, I think so. It was you, Nick, and Jeremy, because Savage doesn't ever travel anymore. Yeah. And uh, Aaron was, yeah, Aaron Aaron had one of his 400 jobs. <clears throat> so, <laughs> And that's the thing is like, so we, we found out afterwards that we had the biggest appearance at Brownells, uh, that entire NRA show. 
And we talked before the show and I told you guys like building community is a huge thing. And the reason why is because like, I would not allow people, first of all, I don't want to fucking sign a signature. My signature is like little, you might as well just pick up trash off the floor. It's about, it's worth about the same, but what I did that I think like resonates with everybody and resonates with me is I don't let people stand in a line and come get my signature. Like I try to engage and talk to everyone. And like, we had a big, huge crew there and we were just like shooting the breeze. And it was kind of just like being on the, we like shooting podcast, you know, Jeremy was cussing and ranting and Nick was probably going somewhere to poop. And I was just like, there, kind of shooting the shit and trying to like talk to you guys and like hang out and just have fun because we're all gun people. And no, not one of us is better in any way than the others. We're all just different, but we all love the same thing, freedom and guns and all that stuff. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, don't ever like be pigeonholed into something. I don't think that's what Brownells expected, but Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to hang out with cool people. Yeah. The only thing that is weird is, uh, and that Jeremy will forever be good at is being fucking tall. That man is huge. (laughs) And <laughs> How tall is he? Six eight. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. He's he's massive. That's, that's tall. Yeah. Well, and that and that's the funny part is I have a cousin who's six six, and I was like, you're definitely taller than my cousin. <laughs> without question. Without question. So uh I did have one other thing. Do you uh have you heard of the SCT 19 frames? SCT. They're like 50 bucks at Brownells. And apparently they're like a strike 80, but better from everything I can feel. You know, I feel like I might have actually seen that recently, but I'm not familiar with it at all. It's That's- technically 100% um, from what I'm seeing, but it's uh, um, you have to drop in like your fire control group and some of the lower parts pieces, but um, you'll have a completed frame. Now, my only issue is I got to get a slide and a barrel. Um, from Brownells soon, uh, or uh, Swamp Fox makes slides, right? They have the Wolverine slide that I believe Nine X makes for them. Okay, so I'll have to maybe look at that. So my my thing is, I think this is actually a pretty decent, like if you live in California or any place like that, like it's a it's a Gen three lower. It's really good. It's got a lot of stippling on it, and for fifty bucks, I feel like out of the box, this is probably one of like the best lowers you can get um but a lot of people are saying that it's like the strike 80 and i've looked at pictures of the strike 80 and it actually doesn't have as much texturing on it as this one does nor the gas pedal or anything like that that this has but are they saying that in a negative context i want to try yes. to understand well, yeah, so I, a lot of like i don't understand why it would be negative the only negative thing that i see with that is it's a different holster well but i think if you drop an x300 on here it's not a different holster like if you oh, put you a light on a this, light yeah, I think, yeah, I always run a light. I don't, I don't, there are people out there who apparently don't like running lights on their guns. I don't understand. I run night vision. I don't know about these light things. <laughs> I've got lights on my guns, lights in my pocket, lights. I've got IR lights for my night vision. Like, I run oh, so another thing I was going to talk to you about is you have that cloud defensive in your pocket. And I wanted to let you know there is another company that had been making lights long before cloud defensive. And I don't know if you've heard of Malkoff before. Have you heard of Malkoff devices? No. So they work with Arasaka. Do you know who they are? Uh, yes. So Arasaka defense has their own brand of lights, but they're all made with Malkoff heads. And I've been carrying this light around for like three years and it's just a little bit cheaper than the cloud, but I wanted to know your opinion on uh on that if you if you ever had known them but apparently you don't so no, I'm gonna... i use arasaka like i use their scope leveling tool i use all their forward scout mounts for lights and things like that they make great stuff i didn't know they made lights 
Yeah, Arasaka. Well, the, all the light heads themselves are made by Malkoff, but yeah, they they have them and they're pretty cool. And they have them in a ton of different colors too, for sure, if you're ever interested. And then let them know that I sent you because I've worked with uh, him a lot and he's pretty cool. Nice. He's a cool dude. He just loves flashlights. I mean, if you talk, talk about a flashlight nerd bigger than me, I don't know anybody who likes to talk about Candela more than me. And that guy does. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm a huge flashlight nerd. So when you were, when you had the cloud defensive out there, I was like, I was going crazy with that thing. <clears throat> I've got both. I've been carrying the little stubby one. I need to swap it because I've, I, I asked for one of the full size and then one of the compact. And I wanted the full size to be like high beam all the time. And then I wanted like the, the smaller one to have the variable head. So it's got dim and high mm-hmm. It got swapped around. So I need to like swap some parts out, but overall, I love this. Light. You just switched the head. Yeah. Overall. I love it. Did you get them both in clear Anna? Uh, no, I got one in the tan and one, one in the clear. Well, apparently the clear anno from, from cloud looks just like the tan. So apparently people are complaining about that. Oh no, that's, and here's the, the rain. Oh, look at that. I have a, I have a rain. Got that black beard X on there. <laughs> yep. Got the black beard X on my cobalt genetics. Which, um, are you using Academy or using the standard, um, Mantis? What Mantis X uh, app because they have the two separate apps. I use the app. I don't like the Academy. I think it's kind of like just something like cobbled together, and it. I don't know. Yeah, not a huge okay. fan. Cool. A lot of those guys in Florida, they were talking about how much they didn't like that. The Academy, yeah, they were like shocked because when she asked me if I wanted a Blackbeard, she's like, "Oh, but you haven't done the review for the Laser Academy," and I was like, "Well." I actually really think you guys are doing some good work and I think that laser Academy is trash. So I opted not to do the review. Um, just that's the way I feel. And she's like, Oh no, what happened? And I was like, it just kind of sucks. Like overall, it's like a $2 tripod. I looked them up, I sourced them and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that great. And she was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I bought it. I bought that for my mom um, because she got into shooting and she has the, the, the academy on her phone mm-hmm. and she's like it doesn't work ever i can't get it to work and my mom is someone who she's got arthritis she shoots an mnp 2.0 easy and like that's what she shoots so her issue being um she can't she can't do all that and then messing with that and then doing all that it just it literally my mom went from being somewhat interested in shooting the few times i've taken her out to now she's just like fuck this i want nothing to do with it like she shipped me her gun and she's like, I'll just do a transfer. Like I'm, I'm done with this. And I was like, no, don't do that. And I tried to get her to fix it, but she is like, this is stupid. I can't practice. And if I can't practice, I can't get better. Um, Cause she can't just go shoot 600 rounds at the range. So she was pissed. She was beyond livid at the that system. Justified Mantis. I am justified in my, in my derision. Yeah. And I don't mean to pick on Mantis. I've, I've had a negative experience. Go ahead. Uh, they're great. I love them. Yeah. And I'm not trying to pick on them, but my mom, who I wanted to get in that for self-defense, she's just like, I don't want to fuck with it. She's, and my mom is a technical, she's a, she's a freaking electrical engineer. It's not like she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, so she was just pissed. She's like, this is stupid. This is dumb. It doesn't work. Like my mom had a very, very nasty words to say to Mantis. And she was like, I want a fucking refund. <laughs> exactly how i feel about laser academy but i i'm the 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 other stuff that they do is like top notch i'm just a huge fan which is crazy because we were actually one of the first people to ever test the mantis x when it first came out and it was just awful like 
literally the worst thing. I sent them notes. I was like, I'm not going to do a review on it because it's just really bad. But like, here's the notes. Here's what we saw. Uh, here's top left and right footage of the gun. And here's the results that we saw. Whoops. Here's the results that we saw coming off of it. And it, like, it doesn't work at all. However, it's really cool. And someday it's going to be amazing. And I think that they've gotten to the point where that someday is now because it's amazing. I, I'm really yeah. enjoying that, that Blackbeard X. I mean, I, I've had it two weeks, I guess now. Yeah. Roughly two, three weeks. And yeah, it, I mean, that thing, it's fun. I, I was, I, I mean, that first one I got, as I stated, it was defective. There was an issue with it, but they sent me one after that. And that thing is just, it runs solid. No issues at all. Uh, fired the app up last night for the first time. Cause I, originally I was just, you know, sitting around like plucking away, pulling the trigger, listening to the sound. And I'm like, this is badass. But we, we hooked up the, um, the, the app last night and we're just having a blast with the, the Mantis X app. So that's why I was curious about the Academy. If I needed to, to start downloading that and jump into that, but it sounds like no. <laughs> let me, let me be perfectly clear real quick. So my mom has found a new way to train with the Mantis and she's perfectly okay with it. So don't, don't go taking it as a, as a, you know, what I said as the end, I worked with my mom and with Mantis and with the lady at the gun shop. Um, and they all kind of figured out a way to help my mom kind of get better at training. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that don't don't take my my negative opinion to to mantis i do have a negative opinion with them because i did get three of their systems in a row i believe their last iteration um and it just it just was not working Dang. so <laughs> I, got, I got a refund i was like i'm tired of this i don't even want to review it <laughs> and i bought that with my own money like i spent 300 something bucks on that thing and i was like nope i'm done dang yeah <laughs> but so i might been lucky with the the mantis the blackbeard all the stuff that i've gotten just not the academy yeah i might take a look at the new one like i might take a look at the one that you got more and just go buy it because i want something to dry fire with um i i'm planning on i need to knock out my review um i'm probably going to do it in two weeks uh i need to do a little bit more analysis of the actual diagnostics of it so hopping into the app last night was kind of the the start to figure out getting that into my review and you can so. do reloads with that right like you can practice reloads or no so they only they only provide you with one mag so you would have to pop it out and the mag is the battery um you'd have to pop that out and pop it back in and those are like 175 bucks a piece or something like that oh okay no then never mind you cannot practice reloads Right. The mag is the battery but it also has the all the accelerometers and everything inside of it correct so the thing it tracks your movement. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. They, I mean, the, the new iteration of it, the Blackbeard X is it's really impressive. I really, I am I'm, I'm super stoked to have one <laughs> to say the least. It's uh it's been a blast. Agreed. I guess, I guess I'm going to have to take a look. Are we ready to move on to news? Sure, man. Okay. So Amalar, did you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I we could talk about that EOTech IR. Oh yeah. So what about <laughs> so before we get into news, um, EOTech just launched on a couple of different podcasts um, that they are about to drop a new IR device. So Malar, since you're nerding out about IR devices, please talk to us. So you know, the week that I was ready to order my D ball, uh, next thing you know, I was messaged a a link to a podcast where they were divulging the new EOTech IR. I don't even think they gave us a name, but they have a release date, hopefully 
uh, around January of uh, 2023. Uh, they've repositioned um, all the switches as well as the, the illuminator actually has a, a toggle on the top that you can adjust the beam right on the top of it. So, uh, and um, the rumor is full power will be available to the public and the full power is only 1700 bucks. The civilian one is 1300 bucks. Um, I'm forgetting the detail. There's something else. I wonder how good the civilian will be if full power is available to the public. I, if, if everyone's going to buy full power. But if full power is available to the public, I wonder how good their civilian model will be. So that way, like, you know, me, I don't I, care about full power. I'm not going to go up against Russia. Um, <clears throat> you know, so that's that's my thing. So I would, I would probably definitely buy the civilian version to save me some money. Um, I like EOTech. I, I, I guess I'm not a huge fan of their optics. I don't own any of them. But um like I like EOTech, I like the the forward innovation there, and I think that this definitely brings affordable uh, affordability to the market without having to go to the Chinese company because these are 100% made in the U.S. Correct? I believe, but I know, like I think they say that with some of their optics and stuff, and some of the parts come in from overseas. So I'm not. Well, don't quote me on that. Made in the USA means like people are making a lot of the stuff here. The, like, the people are probably making it here. Parts are probably slightly imported. That's fine. Which is probably know. why they have a projected January, uh, because I would imagine the materials are a little hard to come by. Uh, but yeah, I, I think where I was going was it's directly to compete with the end goal, which is $5,000. So that's a statement to say we're putting something out that's $1,300 or $1,700 to compete with the end goal. Well, um, I remember- so I, I'm really excited to, to see I, I, I originally wanted a PEC 15 bad, and then they discontinued those as soon as I jumped into this uh, night visit adventure. So uh, for this to now be announced, I'm pretty hype on it. I'm going to run this D ball and hopefully next year, try to snag up one of these EOTechs and run that as well and compare. And I'm crossing my fingers for the full power because there's you- dude, dudes are out there selling these full power PEC 15s for two grand right now. And EOTech is like, Oh yeah, 1700 bucks. You'll have full power. What, these these guys are going to be selling their full power packs for like 1200 bucks next year. Good. Yeah. I'm going to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> All well, of that's them. A, that's the <laughs> fine part too, is I don't think people understood. Um, like when I was in, we were transitioning from the old packs um, to the pack 15s. And I remember there being so many issues with those pack 15s. And then we would have guys who were running night vision and they couldn't, they like, they're like, oh, we don't have a, an aiming device on our guns. Like they were consistently losing zero. They were consistently losing emitters. I remember that being a big issue back then. Um, so I could only imagine now, like, especially with full power pecs and no, I mean, absolutely no aftermarket support. If you go to send in your pec 15 and it's a full power pec, you're going to get a civilian pec back. Like, oh, really? That's a big thing I know that they were doing. Would lose much. Oh, I had, that, I had, I've heard that if you had sent in, they'd, they'd fix it and send it back as a full power still. Maybe but. they started doing that, but I, but I remember in the beginning, I, this is again, this is back in 2011. I remember guys were sending in their full power pecs and they were getting civilian pecs back. Huh. I, I do have a buddy that got a full power two months ago. Um, and I, I, I looked at it. The thing was pretty impressive. I did, uh, I mean, didn't really get to play around with it under nods, but just checking out the laser and stuff that it was bright. 
Yeah, don't shine in your eyeballs. It'll definitely make you go blind. And the other the other thing that was weird with the the pecs when you had the civilian and then you had the full power, the civilian didn't have like you couldn't um, adjust one sim system and have it all sight in at once. You could only do that on the full power. You couldn't do it on the civilian. So hopefully they corrected that with the new generation because that makes no sense to me. Well, I thought that was only on the Gen 1. I know the Gen 2, the army made that a, a thing. And I remember when they were replacing stuff that that was... But that's what I'm saying though. I think the full power, they did it. But the civilian one, that even after, or my understanding is they did not have them all as one unit sighting in. I, man, I couldn't tell you. It's been years since I've run night vision. The, the research teach, I've done, it, it, it appeared that way. I used to teach night vision stuff. I couldn't tell you half the shit we used. Like until I got out, I didn't fucking know how valuable that shit was. You know, I nerd out on these kind of details and stuff. I know, but I should have stolen a I should have <laughs> stolen a PBS 14 and a 31 a long time ago. I had the opportunity. <laughs> you just you just needed two of them, one for me and one for you. <laughs> I could have walked, I could have walked out. Like I was in charge of a lot of that stuff. Like, I could have definitely walked out with that. And it would have been months before anybody knew that I took it. So <clears throat> the funny part they knew that's bad <laughs> um the funny part though i i am very looking forward to the civilian version of the eotech and it's specifically because i want to know how good it's going to stack up against the full power one so if you get a full power one i'll get a civilian one and we'll just swap them back and forth and we'll figure out which one is which yeah we if, could uh we could send I, them to each other and do reviews on both yeah because if i get the civilian one i'll just send it to you to do both and then when i get my night vision i will you know you can send them to me when you're done all right because i'll yeah. definitely do that yeah i'm i'm, I'm really crossing my fingers because it like what i've seen between the civilian ones and the full powers it seems like there's a astronomical amount of difference and I was even hesitant. We had talked about this with the D balls, the A3 illuminator compared to the, the D2 it's the D2 is a whole nother league, but I think that's more of a purpose driven. And I, Sean, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but the D2 seems more of a purpose driven IR device versus the A3, the A3 from what I had researched and read was a little bit more of your uh, standard tactical uh, setup and the D2 comes off as more of your hunting IR device. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious about the A3 and like how well the illuminator works because that, that's the big thing is like having good illumination far is such a such a challenge. I man, the the A3 is like pricey, so hopefully it's it's really good. But you know, it's comp competition is 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 tough in that area. Yeah, well, I do know. Go ahead. I was going to say from what I researched was around 75 yards after that, it struggles. And most of the stuff that I do is like within 75, like I'm out 50 probably. Um, so I think it fulfills like my needs at least. And then, like I said, next year, I want to, I want to try to dive into the full power to have something that has that option to, to, to go out a little further and see a little further out. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. All right, well, let's dive into the news now. <clears throat> so I don't know if you guys have heard this. This is a pretty interesting uh, thing, but um, Tulsi Gabbard last week, uh, or maybe the week before, she came out and said that she's no longer a Democrat anymore. And her statement was um, she's going to move to being an independent. My question for you guys is, it's a two-part question. One, do you believe her that she's not going to be a uh, Democrat any longer? And 
Two, do you believe, if you don't believe her, uh, do you believe that this will be like just a way to garnish or, or garnish, garner Republican votes? Um, and then my other thing is, uh, I'm asking strictly for curiosity because I'm I'm hardcore independent. I I always am on the libertarian side of things. And the thing that I'm seeing here is there's a pretty big shakeup happening in the two-party political system that I'm hoping is crashing at some point. So my that would be my question to you guys is what, Sean, let's start with you since you're the guest on the show. What's your take on that? And I know you don't like talking about politics because you told me this earlier. So I apologize in advance. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, so... I don't I, I know I don't know much about Tulsi Gabbard. I've I've seen her name around over the years. Uh, I think that she was having trouble. I mean, as a Democrat gaining office, obviously, she's not in office. She's not serving uh, right now. I think she wants to. And I think that she doesn't think that she really has a place in the Democratic Party. And now I feel a couple ways about that. On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, people can maybe stop being stupid and be smart every now and then. And like, that's the thing that happens. People's viewpoints change. Something may have happened in her life that caused her to change her viewpoint. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, no, politicians are all scum and the, they're all liars. And if she's doing this, it's just to manipulate the voting public into doing something that she wants because she wants to be back in that power. She got that taste from 2013 to 2021. She got that taste of power and she wants that power back and she can't find it with the Democratic Party because she thinks that maybe they've, maybe they've gone loony. And maybe she's here now. The problem I have is that she decided to do that and become this independent by like shooting some guns and having pictures taken of her shooting guns and uh, doing stuff like that. And that feels really insincere to me. Like maybe that comes out in a couple of months. That would have been better. But for her to be like, oh, yeah, check out this AR-15. Also, I'm an, also I'm an independent. Uh, it just feels staged. It feels fake. And, and I'm fed up with it. You mentioned the two-party system collapsing. I wish, but it'll, I don't think it's ever happening. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it is. But yeah, that was my thing is, is she showed up at the tactical games and was and then started just slamming Twitter with all of the gun content. Yeah. So, and, and that was the thing is like, uh, and I don't even, I'm not even on Twitter. So that goes to show you how well that reached me. And um, did I overlook that? She was out did. in you Iowa? You completely did. I sent you the thing. Yeah, she was out there. She did... Uh, she ran, she did ran a few stages at uh, the tactical games and she showed up there and apparently um, gave private advice to a lot of people. I don't know that for sure. And I cannot guarantee that, uh, that, that I'm even talking, that sounds I could shady. Be talking completely out of my ass, but yes. Was and that, then, was that stock advice? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you can run a stock on your 12, five when you don't need a tech stamp. No, uh, I wasn't talking about those stocks. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So the Nancy Pelosi ones. Okay. Yeah, so the Nancy that. Pelosi. <laughs> How to be rich while making very little. You know what I, you know what I picture I pictured though when Sean was describing uh her like holding up the AR and telling uh that she was independent now it was like the ejection port cover flipping over with like in, independent engraved on like the... <laughs> oh my god, I would have fell out of my chair if that happened. <laughs> oh man, that's a really good idea. I should order that. <laughs> <laughs> on the outside and when it flips down it's like independent, independent. yeah no yeah got gotcha independent <laughs> <laughs> she yeah she showed up and she made like a big stink in the in the in the democratic world too apparently like even the democrats were like roast her at the fire um so yeah i mean i i i find it hilarious she was on joe rogan i actually was listening to that podcast today uh while i was out working on a machine 
And um, that was that was an interesting podcast. And she's an interesting person. And my thing, I have the same opinion of her that I have of the guys that run Black Rifle Coffee, which is um, you don't at all live in the same world that I do. Um, now, the guys with Black Rifle Coffee have a different bone to pick with them. The uh, the brovet culture pisses me off more than anything, but do what you want to do. The uh, the issue with Tulsi, though, in my opinion, I just I think that she's trying to plan something really big in like six months to a year from now, and I think she's trying to use this to be like, well, see, I'm an independent. I used to be a Democrat, and because she's already doing that, because she she's backing up some lady named Carrie something who is like a hardcore Republican and was backed by Trump. Carrie Lake. Sure, I don't even I don't even care. Arizona? Uh, yeah. It, it's funny yeah. I'm from Arizona. I have no idea who that person is. Um I I know someone that knows her. A friend uh a friend of the family knows her. Okay. Well, I don't know who this person is. Um, but yeah, apparently she's endorsed that person. And now apparently people are like, oh, see, she's a Trumper. And I'm like, oh, see, that makes absolutely no sense. So the whole political game, like, and I, I hope that, you know, at some point they start hanging politicians for treason. Um, because to me at this point, it just seems like none of them are telling the truth. They're all lying to our face day in and day out. I think under title 18 and, uh, I believe at some point under there, there's, there's thing like, if you, uh, you can't like not uphold the constitution, like dereliction of the constitution, is a death is a death penalty offense or something like that so at some point we've got to start you know putting that into action <clears throat> i don't know if anybody else agrees with me on that but that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't know man i i just like she's not in office now so her being like i'm no longer a democrat is the same as like my neighbor downstairs bob being like hey uh i i see you're hauling groceries up the stairs but i just wanted to let you know i'm not a democrat anymore and I'd be like, fuck, Bob, I don't fucking care. I'm hauling Shut up. I feel the same way about Tulsi Gabbard. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other thing, and maybe this is sidetracking, but that was in the news last week was apparently we are no longer, we're not allowing Venezuelans that are coming up. We're not allowing Venezuelans in particular across the border. Apparently we Have haven't been allowing anyone this? across the border, but. I, I haven't. I no. Would, would. Yeah, apparently we've singled them out from what I've seen. I mean, Why? I encourage everybody. Well, because they're coming from a socialist country, and what a, what agenda is being pushed? Well, we don't we have a socialist <laughs> president. I mean, is that's it, what I'm saying. <laughs> well, no, that's because they're coming across the country trying to get away from an actual socialist country, so they don't support what's going on. Oh, so they're so coming here. Trying they would to get, come okay. here and they would vote the other direction. So well, now they're I mean, pinning them across the border. I, uh, that's the thing is I'm not opposed to immigration. Like I, illegal immigration is a is a is something that I believe could be easily solved, but is a complex issue. I believe you can just let people cross the border and take their fingerprints and give them things. And be like, look, you could work here all you want. You just can't live here. Um, you know, I believe that's a solvable issue. I know that it's a lot tougher than that. I know that there are, there yeah, are I was about points. to say, I think there's a little bit more to it than just that. But, but. Yeah. You know, there, there are things like that, you know, but at the same token, there's a million different ways we can handle this. And I feel like the government's going, you know what, let's find the most complicated to enforce way and let's go with that one. So that way we always have something to fall back on. 
I think it's more whatever parties in power is trying to determine what benefits them. True. That also could be said. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, right. Like the, the government is full of bureaucrats or the, the government is full of people that spend all day, every day trying to make sure that they have a job next year. So, this is true. <laughs> I mean, how, yeah, it, like that, that's the whole job. I need to make sure that I hit my budget so that I can have a job the next year. And I want to raise my budget at the same time. So yeah, that's their whole job. Well, wait, what, what state was Biden a Senator in? No idea. Uh, Delaware. What's, I think what, he was Delaware. 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 I want to know how did, how did he stay a Senator for like 50 years? Like, uh, because I mean, he'd been a Senator since, since he was like, yeah, we're not allowed. Black I mean, that's like our- asking the same for Pelosi. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying, though, is it's like, and, you know, and it, it's not even isolated just to that party. You look at, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, a, his, he's, uh, what's his name? Why am I, uh, McConnell? I mean, he's, it, literally, <laughs> he's literally the guy who was sitting there going, no, we're not going to allow black people to go to school with white children. Like, that, that we're not going to allow that. Like, that was something that he said. There's a soundbite on the internet of him saying that. I couldn't tell you if it's a deep fake or not, but I can tell you right now, I'm pretty sure he is an old racist man who's, you know, still doing racist things and i i don't know like to me i'm just like you you kept him in power all these years and you claim to hate racism i don't think the democratic party is as anti-racism as they say they are i don't know that's just me no they're not they're just they know that that's become their base so they cater to their base it's a bunch of people trying to justify their job for next year that's their that's their whole job they don't care about service they don't care about making the country better they care about having a job next year so that they can exert power yeah. And I will say one thing for Tulsi Gabbard. I do know of her uh, with people that I have served with. I've never met her in person. Um, and I do know that she was a decent person um, to those people when she was in the, when she was in the army. Uh, I believe she was in the army. I couldn't tell you. Um, but, I, you know, she's a pretty well-connected human being. So I have a feeling that she, she knows what she's doing, especially in terms of, you know, I'm, I definitely, like certain she knows exactly like all the all the strategic hit points to keep her in the news as long as possible um you know just like nancy pelosi uses to get out of the news um so i know that she's a decent human being in that regard and i know that she tried especially in hawaii for a very long time to kind of change that whole thing but the whole anti-gun thing uh, definitely kind of sticks, uh, you know, because we're a gun podcast. We talk about guns all day long. Uh, Malar and I, we talk about guns all the time. Pew, pew, I'm, pretty pew. Sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Sean sits there and talks about guns all day. And, <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing is it's like, I'm looking at this in a way of, you know, I feel like she's garnering votes and she's going to get up there and she's going to be like, well, we still need universal background checks and we still need this and we still need this. And, and uh, NFA is still, you know, you're not allowed to have an AR pistol and things like that, you know. So I see a lot of this and I see this as a gateway to get into the Republican community or the Democratic community or even the independent community and go, you know what, she's, she's fine by me. She shoots guns at an event. And, you know, it's just like, all right, well, Joe Biden says you're allowed to have a shotgun. So does that mean he's pro-gun? Not only that, I'm supposed to go out back and fire two shots in the air. Well, you're double barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I I would agree, though. As soon as I saw um, that she 
switch to independent immediately. I was seeing the post on like her anti-gun quotes. So I, I would definitely agree. She's trying to, to score some votes. For well, those sure. also could have been huge talking points for the Democratic Party who are just like, these are what you have to say. You know, so True. I have no idea. When True. she was on Rogan, like what was her reasoning for, for moving away from the Democratic Party? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had I had been on conference calls all day, so I really only got to listen to the first 40 minutes. Um, so I'm still going to continue to listen to it. But it was, uh, I believe her reasoning for moving away was um, she didn't like the fact that they were supporting like trans children, which I completely agree. You know, I think if you're going to be trans, wait till you're 18, make your own damn decisions, um, just like everybody else in the world. Uh, you know, if I she doesn't support the it was something about like um, she didn't or didn't support. She doesn't like the fact that there are children going to like drag shows and things like that, which, you know, I think parents have the right to tell their, you know, to be able to put their kids in whatever they want. That's up to them. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that, uh, you know, your children should be put in any sort of sexual situation. I think that's pretty weird. You know, I think that there is, there is that very loud, side that progressive leftist side of the democratic party but i know plenty of democrats and they're all like abhorred uh, they're all they think that mm -hmm. behavior is abhorrent is i guess what i'm trying to say and like all of them I, we talk i talk to him all the time the the lady that cleans my office she's awesome she's awesome uh we talk all the time she considers herself a democrat i consider myself an anarchist I'm, i don't know what the hell i am uh but i'm definitely on the more conservative side uh but we think the same thing about most things because I, I, I just want freedom. And like, well, we, we disagree on very little. There's a guy across the hall that sells records. Uh, he considers himself a Democrat. There's very little we, that we disagree on uh, because we're both like good thinkers. I think there's just this really loud part of that, that leftist group, that progressive leftist group that has just got, that, that has been able to be loud on the internet and they've used the oligarchs of social media to, to do that, to, to be as loud as they possibly can, to organize, uh, to, to cancel people. And these platforms have allowed them to gain that power. Like when I just look at my everyday life, it's, it's like, we're all just buddies, like Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. I don't know anybody that supports that nonsense in my, in my real life. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing I'm not like, I'm not opposed to people doing whatever the hell they want to do. If you want your children to go to a drag show, if it's not sexual, I don't give a shit what you do, you know? And now if you're doing, if you're doing sexually explicit things in front of children, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think that that's inappropriate. And I think that you're damaging the future population of the earth. I mean, um, I'm not hanging out with somebody who takes their kids to a drag show either. I'm like, you, so there's something fucked up in your head, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, I mean, it's the you do your thing and you let me do my thing. That's yeah, I kinda, don't. I, I, I mean, uh, it sounds like we're all we're all independents here. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody Including screaming Tulsi at us. Including Tulsi Gabbard, for those who missed it. <laughs> there's somebody screaming at us right now, going, "You how dare you!" <laughs> yeah, you got you got to be a free thinker. Yeah, yeah. I want people to, to like defend their weed with machine guns. Like that's that's what I want. Yeah, I don't care and, if you and be gay married. Like go go marry your your wife well what's the difference between marriage and gay marriage like i don't i don't i think i think if you're married you're married it doesn't matter who you married to you know yeah that's I, the thing i don't give a shit like uh, i don't I, like don't tell me what to do i won't tell you what to do also yeah. i don't want to see it 
Like, yep. I'm not going to go to your house and like look through your bedroom door when you guys are getting it on. Like, I don't want to see it. I don't want it stuffed in my face. Like, I don't, I don't, I just want to do your thing. I'm not going to tell you when I'm like having sex with, with my fiance. And if we just like agree not to share those certain parts of our life, oh, you know, like the last fucking couple hundred years of American society, then I think everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. That's a funny part though, is, is um, I think you can even take that into like the weaponized part of religion is so many people have taken religion and I'm just going to briefly bring this up and I know it's going to be a pretty hot topic, uh, but I know so many people have used religion in a way to, to tell people what they can and can't do with their lives. Like religion as a, a lot of people in the Christian community are like, well, you know, the Bible says you can't be gay. Mm-mm where um because originally it used to say that man couldn't lay with boy and now all of a sudden it means that man can't lay with man so you know my my issue with that is um if you if you read the bible and you cared about history you know you would look at you would look at certain things weaponization of religion has been a pretty main driving factor in democrat and republican politics for a very 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 long time and it blows my mind that so many people just let just mold that part over and they go no you want to take my religion and you want to take my guns or you want to take away my free speech and you know to me that's a it's an interesting topic to talk about at some point you know and nobody wants to talk about that i mean i think that we need to shut the fuck up about religion and abortion and whatever your feelings are on those things because we're like fitting to lose gun rights in this country and you screaming about abortion doesn't do any of us any fucking good like, in my opinion, this country needs more abortion. Like, there's a bunch of fucking shitheads out there that probably shouldn't exist. Plain and simple, that's just the way it is. So, like, I agree with you. You got to pick an issue and be solid on it and shut the fuck up about everything else. Like, you want to get gay married? I don't give a fuck. You <laughs> love abortion. You don't want abortion. I don't give a fuck. I want gun rights because that shit defends the rest of it. That's the <laughs> number one thing. Free speech, Second Amendment, everything else, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like so many people want to attack you for your views on specific, like smaller issues. And that's, that's the part, like I, I played a song the other day and I'm not going to, and this person's probably going to listen to the podcast, but I put a song the other day in one of my things and they messaged me about like, did you, have you seen the music video to that song? And I'm like, no. And What's, I don't care. I want to know what song this is oh, or what real, what real was this? So I can look. You, you, you can go back and look, I'll tell you later, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Um, uh, uh, shit. Now it's going to bother me if I don't know it. Um, but the, uh, the song ended up like, I guess, upsetting them or they said something. And when I asked, I got zero response. I'm like, what does the song, like, I saw, you saw my comment, like what I said back to you. And what does the song have to do with anything? And they were like, well, it's unholy. And I can't believe they were, oh, that's what the song was. It was called unholy. Uh, (laughs) and, and I was like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I think you might have sent me that one. I'm just, I'm sorry that you're so weak of a human being that listening to a song voluntarily, mind you, no one forced you to listen to this. Exactly. It hurts you in such a way that you need to reach out and tell someone else that it has hurt you. I'm sorry that you're so fucking weak that that in your life, like, I I will say I personally do like this guy he puts out some decent content but at the same time like it blew me away that he that he kind of 
not attacked me, but he came, he did not attack me. So let me put that that way. But he came at me and he was like, dude, that song is terrible. And I'm like, I don't care. Do you he know how provide, many people provided watched feedback, my, feedback. Do you know how many people watched my reel because that song was in the background? Like, I don't care if that song is terrible. It's putting my content in front of more people. Like if that song could say, I suck dick. And if that's what the song said, and that's what people were listening to and put my reel in front of people, then I don't care. I'm going to play that, you know, like. Have you ever tried to use, uh, what the hell was the title of the song? I was trying to use like Salty Balls from uh, the Chef 8 album on the South Park once. Mm-hmm. It's not on Instagram. What a letdown. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, we've become such sissies in this country. And I don't mean that like, uh, that's actually insulting to sissies. We've become so weak. Like men are not men in this country anymore. And everyone wants to complain about everything. What if you just like, shut up? I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I didn't want to say that to that person. Cause I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to burn a bridge there, but at the same time, like that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, dude, like, what does it fucking matter? I mean, if they don't like the song, that's one thing. If they think the song is like, like I grew up in a, in a, in a house, honestly, that I wasn't allowed to listen to kiss because it was nights in Satan service. And I think back and I'm like, God damn, like of all the things in the universe, like tell me, I can't listen to Paul Stanley and G Simmons because they worship the devil. No, they worship money. They're capitalists, not devil worshipers. And that just, uh, that stuff drives me absolutely insane. I'm like, don't listen, don't pay attention. Don't, don't listen. Like, I don't care about your feelings. I don't literally do not care about them. Here's a big bombshell for some people that may not even know this, but my, my wife, is a is what you would consider a satanist uh, and i find it hilarious because she talks about like the satanic temple all the time and i'm like i don't care like it she's not trying to bring up demons and destroy the earth my wife just doesn't give a shit she's just like who cares and i don't even really think that she is a satanist i think she does it because she's like fuck all the people that say i can't do it um because my wife has a shirt it's from this company it's like called love alco and it's like um a hateful Christian is worse than a good atheist or something like that. Like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather be uh, an atheist than a hateful Christian or something like that. And I saw this lady in HEB fucking lose it on my wife. Like she was like, you have to be a Christian, blah, blah, blah. And my wife was like, you're obviously reading the shirt and going, I, I need to be a hateful Christian. Um, right. I mean, cause she lost it on my wife and my wife laughed her ass off and it was it was probably one of the funniest things i'd seen in a long time yeah and i just I don't mind any religion like honestly like religion has been responsible for more deaths in the history of man than than any other thing than disease than than disaster <laughs> like than any other thing like you want to worship god that's great you want to worship allah that's great you want to worship the devil that's great i don't give a fuck what you do just don't mm-hmm. try to push it on other people yeah that's well that's what my wife says she's like i just hate the fact that people push religion on people and they don't even know um because i'm i would consider myself christian like i would consider myself that i have i have read the bible i believe in jesus i believe we, he's we are, my lord and we savior. aren't mandalorians no <clears throat> you know, I, would, I would believe that that is I, would, I believe that that is my personal religion of choice um but i'm also not out there you know doing a lot of the things that i think other christians would be like oh you're not christian enough and to me, it's like, that means that you're not Christian enough. And, and I, I don't even care, you know, do what you want to do. Um, I know there are so many people are going to listen to the end of this podcast and they're going to lose their ever loving mind. Um, <laughs> but I, I, did you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about? Cause I'm pretty much toast. I'm good, man. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I think we covered everything. Uh, obviously yeah. I'm, I'm Christian. I got my, 
Bible study tomorrow night. So I think see, my that... weeks are jam packed, man. It's always <laughs> podcast, Bible study. So yeah, that's awesome. Like I love when Bible study, like what a fantastic thing. Like I talked about earlier, you're constantly like improving yourself. You're constantly learning, doing things. You're, you're spending critical thought on things that matter to you in your life. Like what a huge thing. And whether that is Bible study or medical classes or firearms or anything like that, that's the freedom that we have. The true freedom that we have is to constantly improve ourselves and educate ourselves and learn things. Amen. I don't know how to say that any better than you did, Sean, and I'm not going to even try. Yeah, Sean, Sean's very well spoken. I am. Not Sean, so I much. think you just need to be a permanent host on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Also, yes. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're, we'll send you a bottle of whiskey. Uh... <laughs> okay, now I'm considering it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna order that right now. It should be there, Sean, about half an hour. <laughs> oh yeah, that was actually really handy. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, that's a that's a pretty ingenious service, by the way. So it you... is. I forgot all about it already. I was like, the, last night I needed some whiskey because we were recording some stuff and I forgot. So I, I'm going to ask you one more question. I know we were just about to be done with this, but how much how much uh, how much whiskey do you say you like? Have you delved into the like the whiskey drinking thing? Like, do you are you like a connoisseur? Or you're just like I like whiskey because it tastes okay. Oh no, like I I. I love whiskey as a spirit um i really do enjoy it it's uh it's the only alcohol i really drink i i do like beer and i love ipas and imperial stouts and things like that they're just so heavy that like i'm a very casual drinker i talk about whiskey all the time i don't drink whiskey that often like the only time i really have a cocktail is when i'm uh social with people uh at a meal like a nice meal something like that or recording podcasts just because you know, it releases that tiniest bit of inhibition, uh, where I might not say the thing that, that I want to say. So yeah, like you and Cole polish off a handle of whiskey uh, in front of bonfire. That was, that was pretty intense. Uh, <laughs> that, that was, we, we drank a lot of whiskey that night. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, they go to meetings. I'm a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was insane. I saw you guys polish that off. I was like, Jesus, if I had a third of any of that, I'd be in the hospital because I don't drink at all, uh, like rarely. And it's got, it, got up the next day and in perfect condition and shot all day. Yeah, I would have been dead. I would have been like, don't you know what, Brownells, just send me home. <laughs> well, that, that I don't. Great. well, here's well, the thing. Cole and I both from high altitudes and we were basically at sea level. So like we're drinking superheroes at that altitude. <laughs> Oh yeah, where do you, you live in Fort Bend? Me, I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I have no idea. Like, I'm out here in Houston, and Cole's like an hour and a half outside Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, well, I was yeah, gonna send him. There. I was gonna send him whiskey too, but I can't send whiskey in the state of Utah. Nope. So I was like, that's dumb. Like, that was one of the things. I think it's called the app is called Drizzly. If anyone's yeah. wondering, and uh, and if you go to, you can send people in like like forty seven or 46 states you can send people alcohol but utah uh and a couple other ones you're not allowed to do that with and i'm like that's so weird that utah is so mormon that you're not allowed to send people alcohol <laughs> go ahead so weird and funny yeah yeah well um as always i'm pretty sure brownells does not want to be associated with this podcast but thank you so much to brownells <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to sean from we like shooting um mm -hmm. to have you on again in the future you are honestly a wealth of knowledge uh, in the community and you're i mean 
you're a pillar in the community too. And I mean that in an actual good way, um, not like a pile of shit. Uh, <clears throat> so kind of a pile of shit though. <laughs> that's your opinion, not mine. Uh, <clears throat> but thank you again to you for coming on, Malar. As always, you're a gracious co-host, and I'm glad that you show up every week to deal with my rantings against the government so <laughs> always here always here for the fun <laughs> yeah there we go so as always guys i don't know how you end your show sean i literally when the music starts playing i, I zone out so what do you say when you're done i say always prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery we'll talk there to you. we go what do you say malar run suppressed stay blessed and i always i used to say something different but apparently youtube won't let me say that anymore so have a good one y'all <laughs>